Hey National Treasure Hunters, Aubrey and Emily here with a quick note before we bring you this all new episode of the National Treasure Hunt podcast. We recorded this episode about two months ago, and because every month in 2020 time is basically the equivalent of 84 years, it's probably not surprising that many things have changed between the time we recorded and the time this episode is coming to your ears. With that said, we feel there are two points that we need to make before we get on with the show. First, on a lighthearted note, you'll notice that this episode is delving into the casting of the National Treasure films. And you may recall that a few weeks ago, we released a special bonus edition of the podcast in which we had the pleasure of interviewing National Treasure creator Charles Seegers. During that interview, we learned about two actors that he originally envisioned playing Ben Gates and his dad. Now, we're not going to tell you who those actors are, because we want you to go listen to that episode if you haven't already. But suffice it to say that you won't be hearing about those actors in today's discussion. And on a more heavy note, you'll soon find that part of the structure of today's episode involves us proposing alternative actors and actresses who we envision could play National Treasure's iconic roles. In one of those cases, we proposed Chadwick Boseman, who, as many know, recently lost his battle with colon cancer. Now, we considered editing out that part of the episode, but instead decided to leave it in as somewhat of a tribute. A tribute to his talent and versatility as an actor, and just how highly we and the rest of the entertainment community thought of him. As you'll hear shortly, when we recorded this two months ago, we had placed him alongside some pretty notable company. Thank you so much for indulging us in these two quick editorial notes, and we hope you enjoy this new installment of National Treasure Hunt, Episode 7, Hunt for Characters. Now, on with the show. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the National Treasure Hunt podcast, where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And I know we say this every time. Emily, this might be my favorite episode to date that we're going to do today. Really? I don't know. I feel like people have really strong opinions about actors and the roles that they play, especially one particular actor that <laughs> happens to be the the face of this franchise. I was going to say, do you mean actors or do you mean Nick Cage? <laughs> potato, potato, right? So, <laughs> so today, everyone, we are so excited to be, or maybe it's just me. I don't want to speak for Emily. I am so excited because we are going to be talking about the casting of National Treasure. So this will include everything from tidbits we can find about the casting process to what makes these characters notorious. And I think the most exciting part of this episode, Emily, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're also going to be proposing alternative actors and actresses who could play these iconic roles. Oh, no, that's 100% my, the part that I'm looking forward to the most. I basically took this as an opportunity to make my dream movie cast, essentially, with gotcha. all the actors that I enjoy. So let's preface this. Did you just pick all your favorite actors or did you actually think about the nature of each of these characters and try to match them up accordingly? How dare you even think that I might not do that? <laughs> I definitely considered the character traits of the different people. You might not be aware of some of them because, you know, some of the actors I've chosen are a bit niche. Okay. But... I promise you that they are indeed based off of the character traits. I can't believe that you would even question whether or not I would See, do that. You've done a really sneaky thing here by picking a bunch of actors and actresses that I haven't heard of, so I wouldn't even know. That's why I must ask. But in any case... what I have to deal with. I, I guess I trust you. We're going to go with it. This is going to be a real, let's say, expose of our respective personalities, for sure. Yeah. Um, as all of my picks are very mainstream and the top 40 equivalents of the film industry. So we got something for everyone. Um, in any case, what we're going to do today is 
really deep dive into this casting, which was done by Hollywood casting heavyweight Avi Kaufman. So she is responsible for all of the faces that you see in these iconic roles in National Treasure. But before we dive in headfirst into this conversation, headfirst, uh, headfirst, it's uh, it's going to be an adventure. Just a, a quick logistical note, Emily. I'm recording from New Jersey today, so this means two things. For one, we are so committed to National Treasure that we are recording from all different National Treasure filming locations because yes, New Jersey does make an appearance in the film. Number two. You might hear a dog barking in the background sometimes, so I apologize for that in advance. <laughs> also, on the logistical side of things, M, why don't you give our customary social media shout-out? Tell everyone where they're going to f- want to follow us after this episode. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at NT Hunt Podcast. That is at NT Hunt Podcast. We know that some of you guys have already been helping us out with some of this episode a little bit. And, you know, we're going to ask that you guys continue to do that as we move forward. Tell us your thoughts, any questions you have. We absolutely love how much we've been able to interact with you guys thus far. And we hope to do it again. Uh, And then you can find us on any podcast streaming platform that you can think of. Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud. We are the National Treasure Hunt podcast where you should definitely subscribe, rate, review, whatever you can do on whatever particular platform you choose. You should definitely go ahead and do that. Thank you for that, Emily. And just one more logistical note, because when we talk casting for National Treasure today, we, you know, we weren't just satisfied with being able to give you alternatives for your main cast we uh we kind of wanted to take this a step further for those of you who are following national treasure and the production of the long-awaited national treasure 3 you might also know that it has been announced that disney is putting together a straight to disney plus tv series based on national treasure but Here's the catch. It's not going to feature the original cast. How do you feel about that, Em? I'm not okay with it because you know why? I feel like this is going to be a replacement for the third movie that we've been waiting for, which is just not the same. I mean, I'm all for a continuation of the way that the story is told and all of that kind of stuff. I think that'll be fun. But I think that fundamentally you know, what this community has done over over a decade, really, is they've grown fond of these characters and these actors. And, you know, every time we think we hear something about a third movie, it's, it's shot down. But, you know, I have to say that I keep seeing things saying, like, Nick Cage has signed on to do the third movie and stuff like that, which is great. But I, you know, I'm just, I don't know that this is going to be a sufficient replacement for me i'm also not fully confident that it's going to happen because national treasure 3 has been teased so many times well emily let me assure you that those same sources in literally the same articles are saying that the third script third movie script is also in development so simultaneously it is said that disney is putting together national treasure 3 with the og cast with Mm -hmm. nick Cage, Justin Bartha, Diane Kruger signed on to reprise their roles. And simultaneously, there is this TV pilot series, whatever you want to say, being put together with a different and younger cast. Now, I will say, we have absolutely no idea what this TV series is supposed to look like, just how closely related to the films it will be. But play a little game to have a little fun today aside from giving you our alternates for the national treasure film cast we're also going to play casting director for this theoretical national treasure tv series with a younger cast assuming that we're based our characters for that tv show will be based on our film characters okay so yes and i do have- i i do have to say real quick that I currently cannot find any casting calls for um, 
anybody for this straight to Disney Plus series. So what I think that means is that maybe they don't have the casting uh, directors chosen yet, in which case I would like to offer us up as resources for the National Treasure community because i think i think you'll see that we're going to do a really good job here yeah and we're, we're clearly the experts so uh we do indeed volunteer as tribute so with that in mind emily let us start with the man of the hour everyone's favorite actor even if they're afraid to admit it because of his extreme versatility mr nick cage as benjamin franklin gates Fun fact, um, all of my friends think it's weird that I call him Nick Cage as if we're best friends. They're all like, uh, Nicholas Cage? I'm like, Nick Cage. I don't hear anybody call him Nicholas Cage. I think everybody's basically best friends with him. I mean, it sure feels like it. He has quite the personality, which was part of the reason that it seems like he signed on to this role. Now, I will say that in doing research for this, M, funnily enough, Nick Cage was quoted as... You know, being a little hesitant, but equally fascinated by this part, saying, quote, I think that the very thing that made me trepidatious was the same thing that intrigued me, which is the idea of a man going in and stealing the Declaration of Independence. I thought, this doesn't seem very plausible, and how can this actually be pulled off, end quote. Amazing questions from Nick Cage right there. They're hard-hitting. He also has excellent vocabulary. Trepidatious? (laughs) intrigued plausible well we're really uh we're really scraping the bottom here huh (laughs) the man's a poet anyway you know it's funny because when we talk about people who could have played this role i think there are a few articles that i read online by various news outlets that put it really well the one article i found by entertainment weekly i really liked a simple sentence that they that they said And that is that Nicolas Cage is the only actor capable of making so many absurd situations work with deadpan gravitas. Yeah, I feel like that honestly sums it up. It really does, because when the filmmakers were putting together this movie, we've spent so many episodes now talking about how the characters and the movie, they don't take themselves so seriously. And casting a lead that could simultaneously be kind of goofy, but also serious when it was required for them to be serious, I feel like is really hard I don't know about you, Emily, but when I was thinking of anyone who could possibly play this role, this was the hardest one for me to consider an alternate casting. Oh, um, mm. you don't agree? <laughs> I no. I honestly, I mean, we'll see. I'll, I'll talk about it more when we get there. But I had okay. a lot of trouble with some of the minor characters. Okay, so I found I found Nick Cage particularly difficult to recast, or Ben Gates, they're synonymous, right? Mm-hmm. I found him particularly difficult because of something that the San Francisco Chronicle pointed out in one of their articles, where they said, quote, most of the appeal has to do with the brilliant decision to cast the wild, moody, unpredictable Nicolas Cage in the lead role. He's committed to the role of the treasure hunter to a bizarre, almost unhealthy degree. And... That's another quote that I think sums up his ability to play this part well, because he is so unpredictable and you don't know whether he's going to be freaking out at his dad in the film or, you know, teasing Abigail or showing up Riley and how he's going to put all this together into what is effectively a fairly complicated but hilarious character. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think something that, you know, is particularly that, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention is the fact that, you know, Nick Cage is a very common uh, internet meme. I don't, I don't know if anybody's actually aware of that, but. Uh, Breaking news here. (laughs) Yeah. Breaking news. He's, he's a common internet meme. Apparently though, he knows about this, which makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that we're constantly making fun of him because he's done a lot of interviews that you know, suggests that he's in on the joke. And in, you know, in reality, you know, he's admitted many times that he knows the characters he plays are ridiculous. I mean, I feel like you couldn't play as many ridiculous characters as Nick Cage does if you didn't, like, if you weren't aware of that fact. 
you know, Aubrey, this leads me to the question of, you know, we know the vast number, as you said, you know, the 67,000 whatever movies. 84,617. Is that an actual number? No, of course not. Because oh. <laughs> you, you remembered it so well from the first time. I might be wrong. <laughs> Check me later. <laughs> My question that I pose to you, Aubrey, is could Ben Gates be perhaps the least ridiculous character that Nick Cage has ever played? Hey, I have said it before and I'll say it again. Nick Cage in National Treasure was my introduction to Nick Cage the actor, and I thought he was awesome. So, and you know, awesome and not super strange. So, I I venture a guess to say yes, perhaps one of the least ridiculous roles. But I have a confession to make before we move on. What is that confession? I don't think I've seen him in any other movie. You know, I've thought about this before, too. Someone made me watch Ghost Rider. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say I know he's in Ghost Rider because I like that character a lot. But I heard that it was not a good movie, so I didn't want the version of the character to be, like, ruined for me. So I didn't, I didn't watch it. But to, to be fair, and I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, but... If I remember correctly, my feelings about Ghost Rider were less about him and more about the movie itself. I thought the concept was just okay. Okay, Aubrey, let's not let's not get into superhero whether or not you think they are. He's a superhero. He's not a superhero. He's more like a super. He's not a supervillain. He's a complicated. He's a complicated character, Aubrey. He's a fire burning skull. Yeah, he has, like, the devil inside of him. He's a complicated character. Whatever. He drives a motorcycle, and it's that's probably the coolest part. Anyway, let's move right along here before, before Emily and I uh, go off on philosophical discussions about superheroes and stuff. The one thing I do want to point out is, for all of his kookiness, let's say, his castmates Justin Bartha and Diane Kruger have gone on the record to say that Nick Cage was hilarious and super fun to work with. Uh, Diane Kruger even noted that Nick Cage once spoke in a Scottish accent all day on set and it drove everyone nuts, which I think is hilarious. And just one more fun fact, and Emily, you're going to appreciate this because of the Da Vinci Code. Apparently, real-life Nick Cage got really into philosophy at some point and went on sort of uh, a hunt for the Holy Grail himself. Because, of course, what? he did. Yeah, he, like, did all this travel, trying to follow different clues. It led him to Rhode Island at some point. He ended up buying property in Rhode Island. It got to the point where he came to the conclusion that the Holy Grail was the Earth itself. So... Huh. That's, that's a different take than... Arthurian legend and the Da Vinci Code and many other people. I like that he decided that for himself. He was like, you know what? Everybody has said that the Holy Grail is, you know, this this cup or this fountain of youth or, you know, the this, as we saw in the Da Vinci Code, this, like, person, this religious tomb. And he's just like, you know, all these people have said this thing, but I know the best. It's Earth. Guys, spoiler alert. TBQH? I see very little wrong with this, given that there are so many interpretations as to what it could be. What's one more? Yeah, true. And I mean, if it's going to come from anyone, it should come from the guy who played a treasure hunter. That's true. I think we agree on that point. So um, to wrap up this conversation about Nick Cage, it's time to recast (gasps) Ben Gates. And so I will kick this off. By saying or reiterating that I cannot in good conscience put forth another actor that I truly believe could play this role in a way that would make me equally happy. But if I absolutely had to suggest someone else, the only person I can possibly think of maybe is Johnny Depp. Ew! The reason for that, this is, I actually thought about this really hard. 
the reason for that is, again, to play this role, you need someone who is simultaneously goofy, but can also be serious. And he is the only other person that I could think of who's versatile enough in his acting style that he could possibly, he would have a different spin, of course, but he could have both of those sort of character traits in the same film without I feel like if Johnny Depp had played this role, I would have been scared of this movie as a child. He creeps me out so much. Well, that's because you're seeing him play super eccentric characters. This isn't an eccentric character. This isn't an eccentric character? Not compared to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Edward Scissorhands. Fair. So, on that note, Emily... You said you actually didn't have as hard of a time as I did recasting this role. Who's your alternate here? Robert Downey Jr. (gasps) Okay, I can sort of get on board with this one because of him playing Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of him as Sherlock Holmes. I was straight up thinking of him as Iron Man. But yeah, yeah, based on (laughs) Sherlock Holmes, sure. (laughs) Amazing. I do want to throw out that a couple of days ago, Emily and I put out a little call on Twitter for any of our fellow national treasure hunters to send us their picks for who they could envision playing these roles. And we did have a suggestion for recasting of Ben Gates. And so Mike Yu on Twitter says that Jeffrey Wright of Westworld fame would be a good pick. Now, I I will admit I don't know much about him, but I did a little Googling and found that Jeffrey Wright was apparently raised in Washington, D.C., so that seems appropriate. Perfect. Makes complete sense. So thanks, Mike. Um, Now for the extra fun part, almost the, the bonus, the bonus Ben Gates. Emily, who on, who would you say should play young Ben Gates in a supposed TV series? Okay. So before I get into this, I just want to say that I'm taking kind of the Hamilton approach to casting here with my vast casting knowledge. So what that means is I'm picking anyone. They can be male, female. It doesn't matter. They don't have to fit what the original role is. Um, And, you know, their ethnicity doesn't matter. They literally be anyone. So just to throw that out there. With that being said, I think if we could make it a female lead, I will choose somebody that you don't know. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Who is Chloe Bennett from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can probably tell what show that I'm rewatching right now. It's evident. Yeah, very clearly. But I think that, I think that making this a female lead would actually be really cool. And I was having trouble, I I got stuck on that idea of making it a female lead, and I couldn't really think of anybody else that I could envision playing kind of the female version of Nick Cage in such a way. That being said, I do also think that, like, if we had to stick with a male casting, we could potentially use Tom Holland. Do you know who that is? I do. That's not bad. That's not bad, but I, I like mine better. So, (laughs) my suggestion is actually Daniel Radcliffe. And it's, again, based on this... I really did try to think hard about the character traits of these characters. She says that as if I didn't, but I also did. No, 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 no. I I know. But I I really thought about it, like, really hard. So, with that in mind, I was also trying to balance that serious and funny... And I think Daniel Radcliffe in all of the roles that he's played since Harry Potter has sort of demonstrated that versatility. So my suggestion is Daniel Radcliffe. Moving right along then, let's talk about Emily's favorite character, Riley Poole. Yes, you can't see me, but I am really smiling. You can probably hear it. Uh, Riley is the best. And I know we already talked about some of the things that the actor has said about the character on one of our previous episodes where we did the deep dive into kind of the behind the scenes. We tried to save some stuff for this episode as well. So do not worry, guys. We have plenty to talk about when it comes to Riley. So Riley Poole is played by none other than Justin Bartha. And if you haven't heard of him from anything else, you are not alone. He actually only had one other major credit, which was... 
Jiggly? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> but uh, apparently it, it went very poorly. And it also starred, surprisingly, J-Lo and Ben Affleck, which is kind of a weird combination. But it, it's considered one of the worst films ever. So, you know, it, he probably tries to sweep that under the rug a lot and just stick with National Treasure. But Well, Emily, you're really not giving him any credit. He's been in a lot of stuff since uh, National Treasure. And yeah. including... Perhaps one of the roles that most mainstream people would know him from after National Treasure, which is The Hangover. Oh, right. I only saw that movie once. And I'm surprised, given your love of Riley Poole, that you wouldn't have immediately remarked, oh my god, it's Riley Poole. Yeah, but are you surprised from anything else about me that I wasn't really paying attention when I watched yeah. The Hangover? No, no, not at all. But okay, fine. Moving, moving right along. Riley Poole, played by Justin Bartha, is of course the funny sidekick. So how did he make this role unique? How did he make this role unique? By being himself, Aubrey. Really. He, I mean... I can't believe you even have to ask that, but I mean, if we must go into it further, he, you know, I think we mentioned this before, he played the character as if the character was kind of like the audience in a weird way. So he tried to react in a way that felt really genuine to these, let's be honest, really ridiculous situations and kind of reacting as if you know, he were somebody that was in the audience as if some, the way that we would react. This might come as a complete surprise to you, Aubrey, because of all of the things that they have him doing with computers, which really just mainly include, like, typing. Hacking um, and all that kind of stuff. But he's just typing. Let's be honest. He's just he typing. He hacks into the National Treasure Security... National Treasure. The National <laughs> Archives Security System. The National Archives is a national treasure. Basically. Um, yeah, but, like, I mean, he's just typing. Okay, you know what? Wh what do you want to tell me about this? You're driving me nuts. <laughs> he's not super tech-savvy in real life. Like, like Justin Bartha? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Did you think he was? <laughs> N I mean... Did you think he was out there hacking? That's probably why he's people so are it. super typecast. I don't know. And, Aubrey, I think you found something else kind of cool about Justin yeah. Bartha. I did. So I do want to reiterate that we're going to spend not too much time on Justin Bartha because we did touch on him a bunch in episode three of our show. So definitely go check that out if you haven't already. So this is going to jump ahead a little bit because it's sort of talking more about National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. But I thought this was so cool that I wanted to mention it anyway. Apparently, the whole concept of Riley's book and its its plot importance in National Treasure 2 was partially Justin Bartha's idea because he wanted to see his character develop and not just remain this stagnant joke telling you know character that he was in the first film so by having his book be a plot point and you know showing him as the sidekick have really key pieces of information to the treasure hunt but be ignored because he's a sidekick that's kind of where that came from and i kind of love that i've just got to say oh yeah i mean you know like we like you said i won't touch on it too much but riley's role in national treasure 2 is i think i like it better than his role in national treasure 1 so i think it's really cool to hear that the actor that you know that justin martha actually had a hand in making the character kind of into the person that you know he became yeah and also props to the filmmaking team for allowing the actors to play that sort of role in the development mm -hmm. of their characters that's true that's not something you see very often yeah i mean i wouldn't think so i've never heard of it super frequently but okay so emily i've gotta i've gotta guess that this was hard for you to recast because you love the character so much this was really hard for me to recast actually i will admit and my picks are a little not surprisingly out there um though i do have to say that i know that there are people in our national treasure hunt community who will know who the people i'm talking about are so with that being said i have chosen actor alexis denisoff now he's from buffy he's from angel that's a show about a vampire slayer and a vampire 
I saw the look that Aubrey just gave me. She was very confused. He's also played kind of like guest roles on shows like How I Met Your Mother. He has the ability to be serious, but he is very good at comedic things. His physical comedy chops are phenomenal. And Riley has some good moments of physical comedy in both National Treasure 1 and National Treasure 2. So I really think that he would be a a really good pick for this character. And because it's a character that I love, it only fits that I choose an actor that I love as well. Okay. I, I can't compete with that level of passion for this character. So I will put forth my suggestion of the more mainstream actor who could play this comedic role i thought of kevin hart and so this he came to me immediately to be honest with you really and it's funny yeah it's funny too because i was asking my mom who we discussed in a previous episode is also a big national treasure fan Mm -hmm. the only person she could envision recasting was actually this role and the first person she said was kevin hart as well so really yeah, I guess I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just because he's so well known in in comedies. I'm also envisioning him next to the main character, whether it be Nick Cage or someone else. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the stature difference makes it <laughs> funny, and I think is in line with the Nick Cage Justin Bartha dichotomy. Yeah. Again, I don't have as strong feelings about this as you do, but um, we did ask our National Treasure Hunters on Twitter for their opinions and Megan H suggested Zoe Deschanel and I kind of love this. Oh, I think that would be absolutely wonderful. I really do oddly enough as soon as Megan said this, I realized for some reason in my head Zoe Deschanel and Justin Bartha are like the same actor to me. Yeah, they they kind of seem like the same person. Right? They, I feel like the roles that they play are kind of similar. I do too. So I love, absolutely love that recommendation. Well done, Megan. Yes, for sure. Okay, so now let's talk our young alternates. And so this one, I actually kind of like my pick here. My pick is someone that, Emily, you probably don't know. He's just making his way into more popular TV and movies, I think. His name is Nick Robinson. And you may know him from Jurassic World or Love, Simon. Mm. Um, I don't actually know him super well from those roles. I actually know him when he was really getting his start in the comic relief role. And that was on an old ABC family show called Melissa and Joey. Mm. So I thought he was hilarious and I could really see him playing that, that dry comedy role in this, uh, in this supposed TV series. What about you, Em? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, not knowing the actor, I'll, I'll have to take your word for it. Um, I think that, you know, once again, not changing to a woman here, because whenever you can change to a woman actress, why not? Um, But I would say probably Emily Bett Ricards. You probably don't know her. I'm not sure if you do, but she was a main character on the CW show Arrow. I I think I know who she is because of you. Actually, oh, almost certainly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, I used to watch Arrow in in our dorm room. Yes. <laughs> um, but she plays a very nerdy and computer savvy character while also being a comic relief character at the same time. So I guess in a lot of ways, I'm just recognizing her potential to you know play that role. It would be kind of tight casting, I suppose. But I think that she would do a really good job. And once again, you know, got to pick an actress that I love for a character that I love. And you know, about the typecasting, sometimes that works for a reason. So I don't think there's anything wrong there for this little game that we're playing here today. (laughs) So let's move right along then to our third main character and probably the one, the last one that we'll go into some major detail on. Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, Abigail Chase, who the producers and directors have said It was particularly important for them to find an actress that could stand up to Nick Cage, who obviously has such a personality, and they really needed to find a match for him. And so I found it really interesting to learn that when they were doing the auditions for this role, they had a a bunch of women read the part, and they all played the role too comedically or too cutesy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so they were, I guess, bothered by this, which makes sense because they needed 
the audience to believe that this woman, that Abigail Chase, Dr. Abigail Chase, was this intelligent, professional woman, well-educated, worked at the National Archives, has this real and important job. And so comedy wasn't really going to, wasn't really going to work. Yeah, like she needs to be, she needed to be, have the ability to be comedic but I think that overall she needed to kind of have a sense of purpose and independence about her totally the you wanted to believe that she knew what she was doing and she you know has this seriousness and this intelligence about her and I think it's funny because when Diane Kruger who of course was cast in the role of Abigail Chase when she did her audition the casting team, the filmmakers, said she was very edgy and very believable. And and even producer Jerry Bruckheimer thought that her audition sort of put Nick Cage off a bit, especially when they did the screen test together, because she was so intense and strong, um, which, of course, the team, you know, that was putting the film together loved. And they're like, this is our person. Oh, yeah. I, I saw some places that she actually she was told by people that were doing the casting that she like intimidated Nick Cage a little bit, <laughs> which she later went on to say that she didn't think that was true at all. She said that she wished it was true. Uh, she actually, funnily enough, kind of played it off as if she was just really starstruck. And so she thinks that for that reason, she probably came off a bit standoffish. Honestly, just because she was really nervous to, like, look him in the eye and stuff like that. What I find really interesting about that is that, you know, that was something that that did happen naturally during the audition process. But it was something that the casting directors liked so much that they must have instructed her to play the character that way as well. Yeah, and, you know, that makes sense. She's She's been quoted as saying that... She just doesn't envision Abigail as a funny character. She's a character that finds herself in funny situations, but the comedy in those situations really come from Ben or Riley. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a nice juxtaposition. And, you know, if there was any tension between Diane and Nick putting this movie together or from that casting process, there are plenty of reports out there that said in order to bond during the filming process, Diane Kruger and Nick Cage would go out some nights to karaoke bars. And Amazing. Do, yeah, do karaoke together. So I kind of love that. And, you know, for someone who really only had one other major credit to her name at that point, which also came out in 2004, uh, Diane Kruger played Helen in the movie Troy. Hmm. She really stood up to Nick Cage in this role super well, I think. Yeah, very well. They really, it seems like they really took some chances on the actor, actors and actresses in this movie, and I think it paid off pretty big. Absolutely, especially since, you know, since the time of these films, all of those actors have gone on to be major, right, in the industry. Yeah. So, all right, Em, who is your alternate Abigail Chase? My alternate Abigail Chase is a strong and independent woman, who <laughs> is intense and also very sweet and has the ability to be both simultaneously. I will take the role. Thank you so much for nominating me, Emily. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was what it was. <laughs> it was going to be Aubrey. Definitely, 100%. That's what it was going to be. My choice is, once again, probably somebody that you haven't heard of, Aubrey, but uh, it is Amy Acker. Uh, she has been in shows... Got her kind of niche, uh, some Joss Whedon shows like Angel and Dollhouse. She was also on a more popular show called Person of Interest. I actually haven't seen that show, but I know that it's a little more mainstream than some of the other ones. But yeah, strong, independent, you know, really seems like she has her life together. And I think that's kind of what, what we're looking for in an Abigail Chase character. How about that's you? Fair. This one was also really hard for me. And I'm not sure how I feel about my final pick, but... I'd be willing to see how it played out. My final pick is actually Reese Witherspoon. But hmm. this is more current era, like big little lies era Reese Witherspoon. Obviously not 
you know, legally blonde era. So not in the time that national. <laughs> that would be Treasure the opposite act- of what we're looking for. Yeah, exactly. In the time that National Treasure was actually filmed, that was obviously way closer to Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde. But if we were doing it now, I think Reese Witherspoon can play a really powerful, commanding character. And I think it's particularly interesting because she's this tiny but powerful woman. And I kind of love that. Yeah, that's good. So um, that would be interesting so yeah. to see how it played out for sure now Aubrey the 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 next you know part that we're doing is you know we're acting as hopefully future casting directors for the National Treasure Disney Plus show who would you choose as a younger alternative so I'm really into my pick here and I'm gonna go Emily's route and be slightly more niche my pick for a young Abigail Chase would be Troy and Belisario And folks might know her as one of the main four characters in Pretty Little Liars. So she played Spencer Hastings in Pretty Little Liars. And her character there was very commanding, very serious, very almost obsessive when she would get into something or set her mind to something. And I think that's a quality that would serve Abigail really well. So uh, what about you, Emily? That's interesting. I'll have to take your word for it as I haven't seen Pretty Little Liars, but from what you describe, it sounds like it would be a a pretty good fit. I actually took kind of your role for this one and went much more mainstream uh, and (laughs) and chose uh, Zendaya. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, so the main thing that I that I know her from is the Spider-Man movies, but I mean, she's also been in uh, Euphoria and she, she played a completely different role in that than she did in the Spider-Man movies. And I think she really has the range to be able to be, you know, a little bit lighter, but also have a bit of intensity about her that I think would really fit for a younger Abigail Chase-like character. I buy that. And, you know, she also, her character in The Greatest Showman, which is a movie I love, Mm -hmm. was a bit more on the standoffish side. True. Which is is very Abigail, I think, especially in the beginning of the film. So I'm down with that. Yes. Finally got Aubrey to agree with me. Okay, so moving right along, we're going to get to more, a couple of the minor characters here. One's, you know, the next two that we're doing... I really don't love the characters, so if it's all right with you, Em, we can keep these ones short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Totally fine with me. Next up, we have Patrick Henry Gates, who is, of course, Ben Gates' father, played by the actually kind of legendary actor John Voight. Mm-hmm. So John Voight apparently signed on in large part because Nick Cage had signed on to play Ben, which I think is really <laughs> That's great. Yeah, apparently uh, John Voight signed on before he even fully understood what his role would be. He just kind of knew he'd be like a supporting actor. He is known for taking on these sorts of supporting actor roles. And and he, he tends to like them because they provide sort of an anchor to the movie, a bit of heart or, or something for the movie itself. And something that I think is funny is, he, he knew he'd be playing Patrick Henry Gates before the writers even knew what the ending of the movie would be. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. I guess that's fair. He doesn't really play that much of a role in the end of the movie. No, he, he does. Never mind. He's, He's with him in the end of the movie. The yeah. Um, but I swear of- I like these movies. <laughs> but, of, and, you know, I don't want to go too much into the second movie again, but anyone who's watched the second movie will recognize that John Voight, Patrick Gates has a much bigger role to play in National Treasure 2. That's true. And he was apparently really excited about that. You know, he's into action sequences. He's into the the heart of the films and is apparently also curious about what's on page 47 of the President's Secret book. I mean, who isn't? It's true. Well, well, that'll be an entire episode in, in and of itself in the future for SM. Yes. So, Aubrey, tell me, who do you think, if you had to choose someone else, could play this role? I think it would go to Robert De Niro. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking sort of um, older man, fairly skeptical. You know, someone who can be skeptical, can be a little cynical, but then transition to more of the loving fatherly figure. And I think Robert De Niro has done that plenty in the past. Mm, that's good. 
Now, with mine, I was thinking, I think I have to admit, I was thinking a little bit including National Treasure 2 in my casting choice. So it has, there's a little bit of humor kind of that I also threw into the character a bit. My choice was Anthony Stewart Head. Um, He's a really well-known actor in Britain. He does a lot of theater and stuff like that. So he kind of has this kind of John Voight-like air about him of being, you know, someone that's kind of important but would come in and do this smaller scale thing. And he was actually on Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. <laughs> I know, not surprising. You're really drawing from from certain from certain movies and TV shows here. Um, so when it comes to thinking about a younger alternate, this gets a little funky, right? Because if we're talking kids or young adults, you're probably not going to be casting Ben Gates' father per se. So so maybe we can think of it as more of an older brother figure for Ben That's when good. we think of the young alternate. And so um, for me, again, with the same sort of cynical, skeptical thing i thought of maybe one of the hemsworths or even jamie dornan so Mm. every you know jamie dornan i think most known from 50 shades right the hemsworth brothers also i don't know i i I don't really have strong feelings about this one again because i don't really love the character so i'm curious to hear what you think from a, a young perspective um from a young perspective i kind of went with someone that i felt like had their life together a little bit or could portray that you know relatively well while still being like a good supporting role uh so i chose actually chadwick boseman who's uh Uh most well known for his role in black panther right now but he's been in a bunch of other stuff as well that's 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 not bad i like that more than i think i like mine so we'll go with you on that one you win (laughs) now um yeah tell me tell me you have to do it we have to do it, but we're going to move on to your favorite character. Please don't even be facetious. Agent Sadusky. I hate this character. Everyone knows this who's listened to our show. Of course, Agent Sadusky is played by Harvey Keitel. And it's so sad because I don't know Harvey Keitel from anything else. I only know him as Agent Sadusky, and therefore I don't like Harvey Keitel. I'm so yeah, sorry. I'm sure Keitel. he's a nice person. Agent Sadusky just a lame dude and so when it comes to recasting him I would I kind of want to say literally anyone but I kind of just want the character to go away I was gonna say (laughs) you know that you know that the actor isn't actually going to change the character right I guess I would feel like if I was casting someone else in the role I would inherently have to pick an actor that I don't like you know what I mean? Yeah. And see, that's kind of, I ran into that problem as well. I feel like anybody that I pick, it's going to seem like I don't actually like them. Yeah. Which, which so who'd you pick? <laughs> so who did I pick? I picked David Morianas um, from uh, Bones. I, he would never actually do it because, you know, he only gets cast as the main character of like pretty much anything but I think I'm just seeing him as somebody that like works for the FBI already and you know (laughs) like literally that's about it is that like he works for the FBI so he could play a guy that works for the FBI okay that's that's fine sure I'm cool with that um I did have strong feelings about the young alternate though can I tell you about him oh more so again this is where the the age differential doesn't necessarily work super well, like director of the FBI, you're not going to get this like young kid. So I was sort of envisioning this as like um, a young Washington DC go-getter takes no prisoners kind of person. Mm-hmm. And immediately, immediately I thought of Miles Teller. Okay. You know Miles, what? I-, I feel like he's born for this. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm okay with that choice. I think really? that, I think that could be the choice. Okay, amazing. Okay, so so of course, many people would probably know him from the Divergent movies. Um, he's also been in a lot of other things recently, like the Spectacular Now, Whiplash, Fantastic Four. He's been in a lot of stuff. I- I'll give him some credit, but. I feel like I've seen him in two movies in particular. One is Divergent, and the other is a movie that I honestly do not know the name of off the top of my head, but it's a traditional rom-com 
where he and some chick are like locked in the same apartment together after a snowstorm and he's just like this awful person he plays this terrible guy and i feel like in divergent he also plays this terrible guy yeah he does and sort of like harvey keitel and agent sadesky you know i think of these actors as the roles that they play especially Mm. when their character is consistent Mm -hmm. and so that's where my choice of miles teller is coming from okay yeah i'm sure i'm sure once again i'm sure miles teller is, is a great person I, I was at the same baseball game as him once last summer. Oh, really? Yeah, he was uh, at a Philadelphia Phillies versus San Francisco Giants baseball game. Pretty sure he was throwing out the first pitch, but he was sitting a couple of sections over from me, and I really, really wanted to go over and try to get a picture with him. But mm-hmm. then again, I thought about his character in Divergent, and I'm like, <laughs> he would say no. So I didn't. Oh, my God. He probably would have said yes. I know. I know. <laughs> I Yeah, it's fine. I was really busy watching the game. Anyway... Let's move right along to our last main character. And so we, we I want to preface this by saying we started the conversation today with a heavy hitting character, Ben Gates, played by Nick Cage. We're ending with our other hard hitting character, which is, of course, the villain of National Treasure, Ian Howe, played by none Emily. other than Sean Bean. Sean Bean, guys. Sean Bean. Very important. Emily really likes Sean Bean and really likes when Sean Bean doesn't die. I really like it when he doesn't die because he dies in like all of the stuff he's in and a lot of it. And it's like that's he's like a meme. Speaking of people who are memes, he's a meme. That's true. But he doesn't get nearly as much flack as Nick Cage does. That's that's also true. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. So, okay, when. Sean Bean was considering the role of Ian Howe in National Treasure. He's said to have thought it would be fun to play someone who is so conniving, but also had some sort of charm about him. He thought his character had charm? Yeah, and he does, doesn't he? No. I think he does. He seems very gentlemanly. He has henchmen for all of the really aggressive and not gentlemanly stuff. Okay, you heard it here, guys. The villain in the movie Aubrey thinks is gentlemanly. So do with that what you will. Way more so than, I mean, is he ever the one shooting at Ben? No. Okay, so anybody who doesn't shoot at someone, gentlemen. He only has his henchmen to do all of the dirty work. In any case, Sean Bean believes that his character has some charm and... Interestingly enough, he was also attracted to the prospect of acting alongside Nick Cage because apparently Sean Bean has always admired Nick Cage as an actor. So I I just want to say that while the movie watching community has a lot of negative things to say about Nicolas Cage, apparently the acting community is the exact opposite. Yeah, this is this is surprising that all these people are signing on really just just to be with him. I mean, at this point, we've quoted who? Diane Kruger, Justin Bartha, John Voight, and now Sean Bean as all having something really positive to say about Nick Cage or Nick Cage being the reason they joined the film. So, just saying. So something else Sean Bean really liked about this rivalry between the characters is the fact that Ian and Ben are both really smart and really bold, but they differ in that They want the treasure for different reasons. So Ben is super altruistic. He wants the treasure for sort of like the good of society. He wants to distribute it to the world. But Ian just wants it because he's greedy, right? Mm -hmm. And so this along with the fact that Ian doesn't have that much of a moral compass, whereas Ben really has to struggle with some of the decisions he will have to make in the film like stealing the declaration of independence which we will talk oh, about yeah. in a later episode um it, it just makes them good rivals it's a really good dichotomy and ian just becomes this extraordinary obstacle for ben so yeah i i think sean bean was really well cast and just as a quick fun fact on this point sean bean was also in the movie troy just like diane kruger was Let's get to our alternates now. I would really like to pitch my alternate because I kind of really like it. Okay. My alternate is Daniel Craig. James Bond. Exactly. I 
I know he's normally this protagonist guy, but I don't know if it's the fact that he's blonde or, you know, the sturdy guy or whatever, a lot like Sean Bean in National Treasure. But <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I mean, he, he plays with a bit of a, an accent sometimes, more of like a Western Southern accent sometimes. And maybe that makes me think of Mitch Wilkinson from the second movie. So villainous, uh-huh. you know? So yeah. You I, know, uh, after seeing him in Knives Out, I can definitely get behind that choice. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So what about you, Em? Who are you thinking? Well, I mean, it wouldn't be me if I wasn't going to end this whole thing with another niche character choice. Once again, from a show that I've been watching. Fair Uh, enough. I'm I'm guessing it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? You're correct, it is! (laughs) Um, The actress that I would pick is Brett Dalton. And honestly, even though I said that I didn't think that Sean Bean's character was charming at all, I am picking Brett Dalton because I think that he has the ability to be both charming and extremely sinister at the same time. Trust me when I say that he does play a really good bad guy. And I think that that mix of like kind of suave charm with this kind of evil part to him could could work really well in this role. All right. Um, We also got some input from our National Treasure Hunters community on Twitter. And Thomas pointed out on Twitter that he would love to see a showdown between Nick Cage and Leonardo DiCaprio, which I'm taking to mean that Leo DiCaprio is going to be in this this hypothetical recasting. He's going to be Ian Howe. How do you feel about that, Em? I can see it, honestly. I think... I think he has some range. I think Leo has some range and I think he could definitely pull that off. He once again has that charm about him, but I think that he could also have a bit of a sinister quality. What do do you think? I think it's an interesting idea. I would love to see those two play opposite one another. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like regardless of the roles, I think it would be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. So let's get let's get on that right, with our new casting prowess. We'll cast them in a movie together. Absolutely. So okay, finally, who is your young alternate? Now, my young alternate, I have to say, it, once again, I'm typecasting here. I think that I would choose Michael B. Jordan because he played the kind of bad the morally ambiguous kind of bad guy in Black Panther. I think that's a lot of the reason that I would choose him. But once again, he has that charm about him. How about you? Okay, hear me out. I'm real excited about this. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so remember how I said my young alternate for Ben Gates is Daniel Radcliffe? I do. Okay, so what if... The young alternate for Ian Howe was Tom Felton, a.k.a. Draco Malfoy. Oh! How fun would that be? It's like a Harry versus Draco round two. But also, to be fair, I mean, Draco was a really interesting bad guy in the Harry Potter universe, right? Or at least Tom played, uh, Tom Felton played him in this really conflicted way yeah. that I that I think could be an interesting angle here. You know, I will say Ian Howe doesn't seem very conflicted about his decisions. He does not. He does not. <laughs> Tom Felton would have to, you know, bulk that up a little bit. So he didn't seem so conflicted, but I think he could do it. I think it would be fun. That's uh, that's my rounded out set For of sure. picks. So, you know, what I think it'll be really fun, Em, is... This week, what I'll try to do is set up some graphics on our Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast that show the characters, or I guess the actors that we're suggesting as possible alternates to these characters. And I think it would be interesting to look at sort of macro scale like that. Yeah, that's going to be great. And guys, also, you know, when this goes up, we want to hear your thoughts on who else you guys think could play these roles. We've gotten some input from uh some of our other national treasure hunters but you know we want to hear we want to hear more so what do you think about our picks do you think they're good do you do you know who the people that i'm talking about even are and who (laughs) who would you pick if you had that option are you also going to stick with a very niche show we'll have to see 
And I just want to take this opportunity to go on record and say that even with this fun that we've had today, Em, and trying to think of other people who could play these roles, I love the cast of this film as a whole and truly couldn't imagine anyone else as the characters. And so maybe that's a long-winded way. We took, you know, what, almost an hour to say, (laughs) just cast the original cast in this TV series, okay? (laughs) Yeah, just do it. They can do a movie and a TV show. It'll be okay. You just pay them a little more. They'll be fine with it. They like money. They like acting. It's great. It's great. And I, we were pitching ourselves as the casting directors. And I understand that if you just cast the old cast, you don't need us anymore. But we are willing to take that hit. Okay? Yes. Yes. We are making a true sacrifice here, guys, for the original cast. OG National Treasure cast only. We want Nick Cage. Okay? So with that, I would just like to take this opportunity to remind you all that if you had fun with us on today's episode... We want you to head on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe to our show. You'll get a new episode coming every other week, basically. I don't know when you're going to listen to this one, but we release every other Wednesday. You don't want to miss it, especially because our next episode will take a deep dive into some of the scientific scenes in National Treasure. We're going to be debunking myth versus fact, some of the science points in the film, just like we did with history. So, And I have to say that I may or may not have some experiments planned for myself, but I will be documenting. So you want to stay tuned for that. So you're going to want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram too, basically. And where can they, where can they do that? At nt hunt podcast yeah great great place for another plug (laughs) absolutely well we hope you all had fun with us today i'm aubrey and i'm emily and thank you for joining us on our national treasure hunt Mm